0: that you're born an Italian, if you want your life to be great, see that you're born in an Italiano and your life will be great. From the moment Hey there, Paisani. Welcome back to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. I'm your moderator, John Viola. And this week, in lieu of our normal show, we're bringing you the sixth and final installment, of Updates from Italy, which, for those of you who haven't been following, is a special segment that we've been putting together for the last six or seven weeks, where my great friend and co-host, the notorious POB, Pat O'Boyle, is interviewing men and women throughout Italy to get the -the on-the-ground experience with the after-effects of the COVID crisis and the reopening of the country. So Updates from Italy, uh, which is the official title, although Pat loves to refer to it by its subtitle, Italy Reopens, has been really something that he took a great deal of personal care about. Uh, When we sat down and first discussed it, I was kind of under the impression that he was going to seek out some of our higher contacts and try to get government officials or medical officials. And uh, in fact, he really preferred to do it through friends, through the underground experience from the often unsung men and women who lived through this crisis and have been active participants in Italy's reopening. And, And so this is the final installation of his project and we thought it would be a good way to share with you. Much of the audience, thankfully, has listened to the previous five segments, so we appreciate you staying with us through this experience. And overall, I think it's been a really worthwhile project for us. It's been a way for us to keep the normal show free from constant conversation about the crisis that obviously greatly affected Italy and the United States, but at the same time allowed us to put our fingers to the pulse of what's going on back over in Italy as we await the day we can return. So I hope everybody enjoys the final episode here. And for those of you who may be having withdrawals of our normal screaming over each other, don't worry. We'll be back next week as we come off of Fourth of July Weekend. We're actually preparing a really wonderful show about Filippo Metzai, the unsung Italian founding father at the heart of our nation's narrative. And the week after, we'll have a special show that we are working on right now with Lawrence Baldessaro who is the author of Beyond DiMaggio, Italian-Americans in Baseball. Because for those of you who are baseball fans out there, you'll know last week Major League Baseball finally revealed its plans to reopen a very unique season that will commence shortly. And we Italian-Americans have had great impact on the national pastime. And frankly, the national pastime has had great impact on our own self-identity. So I think that's going to be a really exciting show. And if you've not already read Beyond DiMaggio... It's a great book, I highly recommend it, and uh, you could read it and have a couple of weeks advance notice before you get to listen to Lawrence on the show. So, sit back, relax, and uh, join our favorite correspondent, Cavalieri Patrick O'Boyle, as he takes you back to Italy as she reopens. da da, da, da. da, 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 da.
1: da Okay, I want to welcome everyone back to Reopening Italy. This will be the last installment of the series on our podcast. We speak to people, Italian-Americans and Italians living in Italy, what their experience is as the coronavirus pandemic enters, I guess, the second phase in the sense of Italy reopening. So with our boots on the ground and getting firsthand information from people who are there, I have the distinct, distinct, distinct pleasure today to welcome a very dear friend, Antonio Amele. Antonio, is the correct way to pronounce it, Amendola or Amendola?
2: Well, in Italian, it sounds uh, Amendola, but everybody in the United States can be Amendola. So I'm, I'm getting used it to Amendola, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's why I
1: said Amendola, and then I heard you say Amendola. Yes. Antonio is,
2: Amandola. Is,
1: is such a treasure to have on here because he has a great knowledge of four countries. His father was from um, the province of Salerno. His mother from, was from Galicia, is from Galicia, Spain. They met in Venezuela. Um, You were born in Venezuela, am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. And then your family went to Italy. And the other impressive aspect of Antonio's resume as pertains to our discussion today is Antonio spent a lot of time in Nutley, New Jersey, because your uncle, Zijic, who I had the pleasure to know may rest in peace, lived in Nutley. And that's why Antonio speaks impeccable English. Can I just give a little anecdote, my favorite Antonio anecdote of all time? Why don't you tell everyone when... uh, when your friends in England, when you studied in England, asked you how you spoke English so well, the school you told yeah. them you went to.
2: I've been in, in, at the University of Oxford for nearly two years. And when the people asked me where, where I learned English, I used to respond that my school was the shop right. Not least shop right, absolutely. And ShopRite. someone asked. <laughs> believe it or not, many people believe it was a real school. That's the best part of that story. And your wife, Roberta, is from Calabria? Yeah, my wife is from Calabria. Um, We are not now, uh, we miss going to Calabria because, you know, this lockdown. But we hope to go there soon, in the next few days.
1: And your cousin is Elizabeth Tafis, who was the former dean of Seton Hall Law School. I went to law school. So our, our connections are many. And Elizabeth is a titan in the Italian American community in New York. So, Antonio, you come here as a person and as a family with stellar credentials. So Antonio, let me ask you. So you live you live in Agropoli, not far from San Mango Chilento. You're an engineer in Agropoli. Let me ask you, with someone who has good knowledge of Spain, Italy, Venezuela, the United States, how do you think Italy handled the lockdown in an Italian way? What was very yeah. Italian about Italy's handling of the lockdown? I'm
2: I'm not a real supporter of this administration since the beginning. Uh, but I- I think that they acted very well, let me say this. I mean, the, the lockdown was, on my point of view, really necessary. They acted fast, and they acted with the, you know, required authority in that moment. Surprisingly, all the people here in the South was following the rules very strictly, too. So, one way or another, these people convinced the nation that the moment requires a very, very aggressive response. So that that would happen. And today I was checking on the data. We have less than 100 uh, contagion in in one day, which is, you know, remember when we have 5,000 in a day. And that are also in the 50s. So I don't say that we are out of it, but... Everything is going back to what everybody calls the new normal. And
1: before we discuss the new normal, I just want to say I've said to so many people, the South of Italy is at its best when things are at its worst. So when disaster hits, the South of Italy kicks into gear. So many people have said the exact same thing that you've said, that the South of Italy was where people thought people wouldn't follow the rules and they wouldn't cooperate. They really were models of, of you know, and of course, there's lapses here and there and people are human, but they were a model of kind of doing what had to be done to bring this under control. Let me ask you the next question that you brought up. How do you see the new normal? What does
2: the new normal mean to you? In fact, nobody knows. I mean, to start with, last Monday, in our region here in Campania, we are allowed to walk outside without the mask. So we have to wear masks only when we go inside the stores or inside offices or whatever. But if you are outside, you can go without the mask. Of course, it's still in place the uh, social distancing and sanitation of the hands, Uh, but in some way, I think this is new normal. When you go around the streets or when you enter in a store, you know, here in the south of Italy, there's a lot of sociality. You stay a little bit distancing. That's it. That's it. And we hope that we have not to go back to the lockdown, even if Uh, there's people saying that we have to wait for another wave. Uh, Okay, better to be prepared than to be unprepared. That's true. But we hope hope that the new normal will will mean that we go back to the old normal.
1: Let me ask you a question. We've spoken with many people who work in Italy's tourism industry because that seems to be of all the industries that, that are affected and immediately in the new normal seems to be tourism. You live in the city of Agropoli. It's right on the Chilento coast, which is like the next big Italian coast after for the Amalfi Coast. What's your sense in the, ta- in the city of Agropoli? Do you think people are afraid that tourists aren't coming? Do you see tourists walking around the streets? Um, how are the restaurants, restaurants handling it, that sort of thing? I'm, uh,
2: I went um, today for a walk uh, uh, on the harbor by the sea. And This is the the last week of June, so usually there will be no parking lots, there will be all crowded, and frankly, there's nobody around. I talked to a friend who owns a hotel, and he told me that the same week, last year, he has more than double the reservation. So we're talking about reservations for July, not actual people in in this week. So they are pretty worried, and we'll see. I mean, it was clear that this was not only an issue of reopen, but it always have to do with the confidence of the people. So uh, I see around there's a, there's a real, real few people, and restaurants are almost empty. When the administration gave the permission to reopen, the work the first days, but it was just because, you know, after three months everybody was happy, everybody was uh, frantic to go out. But now it's, it's not the same. I mean, I'm, this this friend and other friends working with terms, they estimate we're doing around fifty percent less than than usual. And for any business that would be a real mess. So the, the if you consider all Italy, it's a, it's a tremendous um, industry in, in tourism. Uh, last year, we got like 127 million of visitors. This is a huge number, and this is a huge box. That's so more than the we- population of Italy. More people it came to visit total Italy total than live there. Almost exactly. There was a polemic. But exactly, it makes no sense to say, we stay in Italy. So what if every country say the same? We stay in Spain, we stay in Greece. Um, if we all stay in Italy, we will yet miss more than half of the people we currently have last year. So um, we need to reopen the borders. We need to reopen with confidence. And we need the people to come over. We also need to face a terrible pandemic. So we need to be safe. So the state and the Europe will need to put some box on the table, my friend.
1: That is, you know what? I never have a pre-conversation before we we have an interview because I always say the best conversations happen before we go online. So then we talk, and then we go online, and we already have the best conversations. You have had a great point that I want to discuss with you. How do you see Italy's relationship with Europe now? How is it different now than it was six months ago? The Italian people's feelings toward Europe.
2: Well, that that depends a lot on um, what will be the responsive Europe at this pandemic. For now, it looks like the responsive Europe have been united and of significant level of money, but it's all, you know, just talk. So we will see what, uh, what happens and I hope strongly that we don't have a, another tragedy after the pandemic that will be a, an little exit, it will be Real crazy, and yeah, exit from Europe, from the from the uh, European Union, there's not a, a lot of politicians who are claiming we, we need to get out get out the European Union as, as Britain did. But the problem is that it will be a tragedy, on my point of view, because we are in the Euro. The Euro will collapse. So it's a scenario that we won't talk. We we would like to talk about. But for the moment, they are responding with uh, relevant money and relevant uh, action. Uh, so we hope that all the you know that's this this problem with the countries in the north. So um, Netherlands and Austria and others that they don't they don't want to to put money to, to have common debt uh, with other countries like Italy and Spain, for an example that they. They think that we are, you know, people who spend money without any, any control. Um, but the problem is that with, with this situation, countries like Germany and France have to mediate with these people. And we need to put out common debt to get over this pandemic. Because as I told you in the question about tourists, we will need some money. We will need big money because we can do, we can reopen whatever you want, but things are not going on the business side on a normal for a long time, for a long time. Now, let me
1: ask you a question. And I think it's so great that we have you here for the last episode because you're hitting on, I think really what the future looks like. Because if you take um, masks and hand washing and social distancing, whenever this virus is gone, whether it just peters away, whether it's, it's a vaccine, whether we come up with treatments, it weakens like other flus, and people just get used to. It. We have herd immunity. I'm not a physician; I don't know the answer. But at one point, it's foreseeable that we're going to be back to a normal status of life, maybe after a few bumps. But things like an Italy exit—that's permanent. That's that's like a that's like a political death. Talking about an Italy exit a year ago would have seemed crazy, but now we hear more and more of it. Do you think? going back to the point that you brought up, if the European Union refuses to handle a common debt, like a common coronavirus bond, to be able to recapitalize Italy, you know, Spain, the countries that have really been hit hard by this, do you see people, the usual moderate people, the moderate middle-of-the-road voter in Italy, do you see them
2: gravitating toward an Italy exit? Well, yeah, uh, there's still plenty of people asking for an Italy exit. These are people that, you know, a lot of people around. That's what, you know, we call bar talk. Right, uh, right. Uh, these people, oh, well, the leader, you remember the leader? You have 50,000 leaders, you were rich. Now it's, it's 25 euros and you can do anything. Okay, right. It looks like um, these people think that going back to Lira, they will give them back their 20s. It's not that thing. I mean, it's not such a thing. Um, if you go back to the lira, the euro will collapse, the economy will collapse, and you are not entitled to think that you will have the, the change to liras at, at, as it was 25 years ago. It's, it's crazy, right? So, um, to answer your question, there's people um, pushed by political forces. I'm talking about uh, Salvini and talking about Giorgio Maloney, that they are, are, you know, riding this sentiment. They probably know that it's not possible and it will be a real tragedy, but they are riding it to get more votes. So I don't think that at the end somebody politically will really put on the table an issue like this, I was talking with my wife and and our friend Elisa uh, a few days ago and said, okay, if if something like that happens, the Netherlands better go out and we stay in. So. What an absolutely Italian response. I don't don't think there's an issue on the table and nobody, no responsible politician would put that issue on the table. Who knows if there is not a, 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 a common response? Uh, uh, the politicians I told you before, Bologna and Salvini, will have more more influence. And so, given they are for the exit, they will have more chances. But I don't think that now we can talk about a real uh, issue on the table.
1: Now, I know people here in the United States, their industries have been devastated and their companies are saying, you know, uh, you were furloughed meaning out of work without pay for, uh, you know, a number of months, maybe because of a certain situation, you want unemployment. Uh, We're going to bring you back now, but we're not going to bring you back at the same thing. You know, someone told me recently, they were told that you can come back to work in July, but you're going to be coming back if you still want your old job back at 45% of your pay, because we can't afford to pay you what we used to because we're on the verge of bankruptcy. Do you see things like that happening in Italy? Do you have friends that their bosses are saying I'm going to have to pay you half of what I was paying you a year ago?
2: Yeah, but actually, Pat, you know that there are at least two Italy, so I'm in the side nice. of the you know the the poor Italy, but I happen to work also with the rich North, and the the, the situation is easy here in the South. Before the crisis, there were already a lot of companies. That were suffering from bad business or from bad economy or call it uh, whatever you like, but that has nothing to do with the pandemic, right? So if you you got a, a company that already had problems, the pandemic killed them. There's no way out, and so there was a lot of people that will lose their jobs no matter what, and there will be no way back. Um, in the rich north you know, many of the factories they actually got the chance, the government gave money for the full logging and all that stuff, to keep the things quiet. You know, some people say that the reason why the contagion cases are so high in Lombardy and in Veneto yet today, even today, is because they never really quit a job. <laughs> they never stopped a job the 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 productions. So To answer your question, I think that uh, many people will will lose their jobs. Some of them can be assisted by the subsidies uh, from from the government, Uh, many of others not. So we will uh, need to find a new economy, which will be not a real revolution or a revolutionary economy, but a new one, a new one that can employ more skilled people in more skilled jobs. So I'm confident from the future and from the future of Italy. We know that we Italians, um, and you guys know that because we are a big family. We have seen in Italy, we've in the United States, we've seen all over the world. But if there's something that we know how to do is is to arrange, right? It's yeah. arrange. That's that, yeah. I
1: guess, I don't know how you would translate it into English. I guess it would be uh, almost uh, like... Figuring things out so that you can survive. Yeah. Making it kind of work. Yes. Do you see a future in Italy? Italy's not an, an internet country. You have like 60% of the nation that's online. Do you see almost like what's happening in America, that Italians will continue to work from home, remote
2: working, logging into work every day from the computer instead of going into the office? Yes, yes. Um, as long as you can work from home. It's a nice solution, and I think that if, if there's something that is, um, you know, positive in this thing is that it learned Italian. We show Italian that it's possible. I have a lot of, as you know, a lot of friends, and, and I work actually with the United States. I know that many of you guys work from home, and every time I, I told my people here in Italy, they said, "Are you kidding me?" Now they know it's possible. Of course, we need to Pat, We need to understand that there's a lot of jobs that can't be done behind a, a computer so we'll see what happens but i'm confident that italy will will survive and will be better than it used to be antonio we have to wrap up i just want
1: to thank you so much for coming on i want to give you my my best regards regards to your wife how i said hello i hope to see you guys in in the state soon in new york when this is all over nobody knows better brunch places in new york than you do for the people out there when i need restaurant recommendations for New York, I asked Antonio and I live seven miles
2: from Manhattan. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward. I can't wait to be in the city again soon. I hope soon. And that's a wrap. Antonio, thank you so much. Thank you, Pat.